0: On this episode of Location Cubed, deals are falling apart, Howard went to Boston, and there's two hidden Easter eggs in this episode. If you can find them, please like and comment and let us know what you thought. You can always find this episode and all of our other content on Spotify and iTunes and always on weaver.com. If you like what you hear, please hit the like button like you're at a barbecue, you asked it to hand you a cold beer and instead it handed you a very warm O'Doul's.
1: Howard, what happened in Beantown? <laughs> it was, n- well, it was not O'Doul's. Uh, my wife and I went to Boston as part of our trip to Maine, and we went and visited the Cheers bar. I know, it's, uh, Howard, al- you always send me pictures. I do.
0: Of your journeys, and I didn't pick up on the fact that you were in Cheers. I just saw beers in the,
1: right. in the picture. Well, I should say I had a beer. Okay. um my wife was like it's 10 o'clock in the morning i'm like i don't care so i'm in the two. cheers bar so then she had two no she had dr pepper oh okay <laughs> she doesn't like beer okay That's five so, o'clock but, but it was really really cool going to the cheers bar we went up to the room where it was like what they call the set bar mm-hmm. and it looked just like it other than it was packed with people who weren't actors do they have like look-alikes in there like was there somebody that they had some like, like, Danson, like cardboard 1985? cutouts okay there, but no but not we, actual
0: like character no actors. they didn't
1: have oh, that, that. Been cool. so and and the, the and the good part about it was that it wasn't one of those gee you're at the Cheers bar we're gonna charge you $50 for a beer it was actually normal priced cool well what did the what was the development activity like in Boston oh my goodness we went out to the seaport area we took a, a bus tour um, one of the double-decker buses it was really cool and while everyone else was looking at all of the historical sites and everything, I'm looking at all You're the real estate development. Okay. I'm like, this is amazing, but there's yeah. so much going on over okay. there. A lot of like mixed-use development going yeah. up, um, a lot of very walkable, as yeah. you can imagine, in right. a in a northeastern city. Yeah. It's just super, super impressive. Yeah. Um, mind you, that was end of July. Yeah. I don't know if it'll be quite as super impressive and as walkable in December, or January, right. but nonetheless, really, really impressive what they're doing there. Yeah, I mean, we're always talking about what's
0: happening in DFW, what's happening in the mm-hmm. Texas market in general. It's interesting to seeing what's going on in some of the northeastern cities, yeah. or yeah. you know, as we kind of have guests on and we talk about development in other areas. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. So, um, deals are falling apart. Deals Is the sky falling
1: apart? No, I wouldn't say the sky's. Well, that was not a big let. That was a big
0: buildup for me and a big letdown from you. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> What is happening?
1: So interest rates went up three quarters of points about, what, a month, month and a half ago? Right. And then earlier in the week that we recorded this podcast, uh, they went up again right. about another three quarters of points. Right. Where's it going to to stop? You well, know, that's that's one of the questions. One of the things that people were, that I read people were heartened about, or I should say the market was heartened about, was that um, Chairman Powell said, we might be kind of getting to the, the top. We might be a, with a slightly less... Uh, increase going forward next time so maybe they feel like things are you know they're really working hard to engineer a soft landing right. which everybody seems to think is going to be quite the feat if they actually pull it out right but to, from the standpoint of the real estate what's going on is things aren't working anymore yeah you know you would have a deal that penciled out really nice at let's say LIBOR plus you know mm-hmm. 150 basis points. Mm-hmm. Doesn't look so good when LIBOR is two hundred basis points right, higher, right? And because of the fact, and this is what I find really interesting, is because of the fact that the higher interest on just the base creates potentially a bigger credit risk. Mm-hmm. Instead of LIBOR plus one hundred and fifty, now it's LIBOR plus two hundred. Right. So you're getting a double whammy here. Yeah. And do the deals work when you know you're paying, let's say, four percent interest, mm-hmm. now paying seven percent interest? Is well, and you that, pro, that's a challenge. Well,
0: and you pro forma that deal out. At, with much different credit considerations in place. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, you're a month out from close, you know, you're faced with, with one of two things. One, either my deal is completely shot, right? right. And, and now I have just can have a dog deal that I'm going to close on anyway. Nobody's going to let that happen. Or I clip the deal, you know, am I walking away from some earnest money right. or paying, right. a, you know, a, a deal fee? Yeah, what's, it's kind of the lesser of two evils. Um, what, what I've seen some anecdotal evidence about in the media and even from our client base is some folks are taking the, the lesser of two evil options saying it's better for me to walk away from this deal right well, and, and reprice into something that is going to make more sense
1: yes and no I don't think they're necessarily saying gee I'm gonna walk as their first step mm-hmm. I think what they're doing is they're going back to the seller and saying okay this isn't working yeah. um, and we haven't even gotten a cap rates so we'll talk right. about that in a minute but this deal isn't working based on the interest rates today let's reprice it yeah. let's let's knock some money off of the deal. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes incumbent on the seller to say, I'm motivated enough for whatever reason or I have enough profit built into this already. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to take the repriced deal or say, no thanks. Right. And then the buyer is going to turn around and walk. So I, I think you got to take those couple of considerations in. Um, okay.
0: And do you think it's going to be unique to an asset class? Is this going to hit, you know, hotels versus office versus industrial differently?
1: I think that's still going to be more dependent on the fundamentals of that particular asset yeah. class. So hospitality is just on a tear, especially I, you know, like we've talked about limited service, yeah, um, drivable places. So I think.
0: Well, and there's well, an up there's an uptick in the travel industry. Right.
1: But also, let's not forget that that's a very dynamic pricing. Yeah, you know, you can charge someone one hundred and eighty dollars a room today and charge them three hundred and fifty dollars a room tomorrow, and so be it. Right. And so you can make up the difference in your rev power in that case to cover your interest rates. Right. Multifamily, not that much different because again, generally six month leases, maybe mm-hmm. a year if you're going longer term, you can reprice it quick enough to where it works. Right. You start getting into longer term things like office and retail and industrial, it gets a little bit more challenging. Right. So. Uh, and-
0: it's an interesting take. I was reading an article, I think it was published by CoStar in the last couple of days, and they had quoted somebody whose name I don't recall, but eventually effectively said he thinks that, you know, hotel, hotel deals are going to start to fall apart sometime in the next, you know, six to 12 months. So he's keeping money on the sidelines, ready to, to jump in and pick up a lot of those, you know, those bad deals. I'm like, Again, it goes to my comment about, hey, a broken clock is right twice a yeah. day. So it remains to be seen if he's right or wrong. If he's Same. wrong, nobody's going to remember that quote. If he's right, you know, he's going to look like a right. genius.
1: I, I was going to say, I have not heard that one. That's that's one that I wouldn't necessarily. I, Me personally, I wouldn't agree. I
0: with. To- I totally disagree with it. When you just like, as I mentioned, look at yeah. the uptick in travel. Just looking at some of the airline, you know, right. airline results that have been released, while you know, future targets are a little bit sketchy. It, there clearly has been a return to travel levels, right. you know, at pre-pandemic right. levels. Right.
1: So let's talk about cap rates for a second here, sure. because you know cap rates are driven, you know, it's it's a yield-based, risk-based adjustment or return, and so the cap rates are obviously going to go up to an extent mm-hmm. as a result of the interest rates increasing. Mm-hmm. The question is, are they going to go up as much as the interest rates mm-hmm. increasing? Are they going to be somewhat equal, or do you think maybe they'll even go up higher? Mm-hmm. Any, any thoughts on from you on that? No, because I want you to ring in on it. <laughs> okay, so m- my thoughts are it's, I'm, I'm guessing that it's probably gonna be somewhat equal to the interest rate rise. Generally speaking, there's always a, a differential between the interest rates and the cap rates. I think if that was, you know, normally speaking, there's gonna be some room to say, okay, the cap rates aren't gonna go up as much as the interest rates mm-hmm. just because it just doesn't, it's not a one-to-one. Right ratio. But I think similar to what I was saying earlier is everybody's so used to the interest rates being as low as they are. People took advantage of the cheap money. A lot of them were smart and provided interest rate protection, whether it was caps or swaps or what have you, but not everybody did. And so is the are our investors going to be looking at it from the standpoint of the higher interest rates in general? Mm-hmm is that going to create more issues with being able to collect on the NOI that will ultimately say we have a higher risk so i'm going to say yeah it's going to cost me you know 150 extra basis points for interest but because we might not get it all i'm going to raise up my cap rate expectations by that full 150 basis points as opposed to saying cap rate's going to go up by you know 100 basis points to make up for the market difference in the yields
0: so is all of this do you think going to lead to sort of an overall downturn or stagnation in deal flow?
1: Again, I'm gonna say it depends on the market fundamentals. You can't keep saying it depends. I want an answer. (laughs) I can't give you an answer. You know, ask me a more specific question then maybe I'll give you an, an, a, an answer.
0: <laughs> well it, it, you know it's just one of those things everyone sort of talk we have a lot of meetings, we talk to clients and yeah. prospects and referral sources and it's everyone's trying to figure out is real is commercial real estate going to be that which props up the economy and facil- helps to facilitate that soft landing In the last recession, Obviously, you couldn't rely. Certainly, couldn't rely on residential real mm-hmm. estate, construction, and commercial real estate in general suffered. Yeah. And it's sort of like as goes real estate, so goes the economy right. to a certain extent. Right. So if we're if we're able to see real estate as a stabilizing force, just in the overall broader economy, perhaps it leads you know more to a soft landing, despite the fact that we may or may not be in a recession, depending on what your truth is. It could be that element of the economy that that continues to prophesy. I would, I would agree with you. Let's not forget, what's the name of our podcast? Uh, the Howard and Rob Show? No. Oh, that's what it used to be. No. I'm sorry, The Rob and Howard Show. <laughs> no. Oh, Location Cubed.
1: Which is location location, 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 location. So that's why I keep saying it depends. That's got something to do with real estate. It does have everything to do with real okay. estate. And so that's why it depends. Because different markets, different property types are going to react differently. Right. And so from, if you're again, if you're looking at residential, whether it's multifamily, whether it's single family rental, whether mm-hmm. it's built to rent, yeah, that's gonna continue to do well. The deal flow is not gonna go anywhere because people need somewhere to live. Right. Well, there's okay. a, we're, we have a, a lack of supply. There of is college. a, there I mean, is a like lack a, of supply. Yeah, of
0: it's like we're some, we need somewhere around a five year supply and and we're not even close. Right,
1: right. right. We, we're talking about hospitality. People are going, unless, in infl- if they can get, inflation a little bit more under control people will continue to travel which means they're still we're just pent up we've been home for too long people want to do that that's not going to stop industrial still again that's going to be very much more location dependent it's getting to a point where maybe a lot of the fulfillment is getting i don't want to say overbuilt but not quite as attractive Mm -hmm. but at the same time infill Mm Uh, last mile. Yeah. Um, let's go a little bit of subsector cold storage yeah. things like that. Obviously, still doing well. Retail depends on where you are. Out where you live, out where yeah. I live, retail is doing good. Yeah. You know, if you're buying, trying to deal with a mall, meh, maybe not so much. Um, and then office is still. I'm still bullish, but it's a long term bullish. I, I, so. saw,
0: I heard something interesting about industrial. and Let's just talk warehouse for, mm-hmm. for a moment. So let's say consumers are spending less. So there's a, a downtick in consumer spending, but you have these warehouses
1: that so are- So you, are you change the login for your family and they can't get on your Amazon account anymore. Exactly. Okay, okay. I've, ex-
0: I've explained to you in the past that I think our, our kids were having a contest to see who could order the most Amazon packages. They just didn't realize they were playing the game. So they were still out <laughs> trying to outpace one another. But at any rate, warehouses are swollen with inventory. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to cut costs and, and reduce overhead burden, the right thing to do is to get some of that bad inventory off the books. And the only way you can do that is to literally start giving it away at deep right. discounts, right. which then perhaps leads, you know, again, everything is cyclical. Consumer spending then picks up. Mm-hmm. Pricing pressures are reduced. Inflation does indirectly come down, right? As a result. Right. Um, again, well, only time will tell if that's going to come to fruition.
1: I agree. And we'll ultimately see it in, you know, the real estate and in the industrial, you know, one of the larger, Shall we say, fulfillment companies. They've been in the news recently about kind of slowing down on some of their fulfillment center mm-hmm. um, building and leasing. Mm-hmm. But I also read recently that they're buying a lot of land. So are they maybe, you know, are they maybe speculating and going, you know, right now is not the time, but land prices are, you know ultimately going to continue to go up. You know, like I've said before, real estate, long term, Will always be profitable. Yeah. It's just a matter of do you have the liquidity to hold on to yeah. it during the downturns, yeah. um, and maybe they're looking at that as this is the time to buy some land, even because it's still undervalued for industrial development, maybe through the next cycle.
0: So uh, it it may be that instead of getting that that. Order within three days. It might ta- we might go back to medieval times. It might take us four or five. Oh my gosh! Or back to your whoa, days whoa. when you used to have to order things out of catalogs. <laughs> that was I, back, I,
1: back in the fifties. I, I do. Mm, thank you. I do recall, you know, getting the Sears catalog and circling all the toys that I wanted for Christmas. So yeah. um, I get that. Uh, but we, we have, like we said before, we have been so spoiled. Oh, I, you know, I, I, next absolutely. day delivery, next hour delivery. It's you know, if you if you want it the next hour, just get in your car and go to the store. Right. Well,
0: we could have an entire podcast about how that has changed society, and maybe we should. Um, But I think that's about all the time we have for right now. That's all the time we have for today on Location Cubed. Please join us next time, where our very own Tyler Martin joins the show to talk about manufactured housing. Reminder, you can find this episode and all of our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, and of course on weaver.com. If you like what you hear, please hit the like button, like you're sitting next to them at a backyard barbecue. You ask them to pass you a cold beer and instead they passed you a very warm old Duels. Thanks, we'll talk to you soon.